So I have a question sort of for you. Anybody here have a Rolex watch? A Rolex watch, anybody? Okay, well, like I figured, there would be nobody in here, which is, is probably the truth. So I have a question for you. If someone was to offer you a Rolex watch or a fake Rolex watch, but they're going to give you your choice, which would you choose? Now, I think if you were honest, you would say, I would take the real one. Because the question is, I mean, is that really a question? You'd be like, dude, are you for real? Is that, is that a real question? Well, who would choose a copy over the original? See, a copy is a thing made to be similar or identical to another. However, no matter what you do, a copy will always be a copy. It'll never be the original. Hebrews 8 5 says this, They serve in a system of worship that is only a copy, a shadow of the real one. Do you think that could apply to us in this day? That instead of us pursuing God after all that we can, Somehow we've began to worship like a type, a shadow or a copy because the original has sort of lost its luster in us. And we've sort of been down this path. We've seen it, done it. I've prayed that. I've, I've read the Bible, but things aren't really seeming that much different. Could it be that we're serving in a style that's sort of a copy of what it used to be, a shadow of what it used to be and not exactly the real one? So God gave me this words, and the title of this is Out of the Shadow, because I believe God is wanting to bring us out of the shadows. Now, you could take this in a way where, yes, I'm going to get pumped up. Yes, God is bringing me out of the, of the background and out of, of the darkness into the light. And yes, that is true. But this is not about a platform for ministry. It's about your life coming out of the shadow. Amen. Are you guys with me? So God is wanting to bring people out of the shadow. No matter where you're at, there's always a caution or there's always a place that potentially could be a shadow in our life and we don't know it. So let's just talk about that for a few minutes. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. We go to the beginning, because really everything with God is sort of simple. In the, in the beginning, there's a lot of things we can learn from the simple story of Adam and Eve. And so here's Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. And it says this, this is speaking of Adam and Eve. And they had already, you know, eaten of the fruit of the tree of the of knowledge of good and evil. And so they've already eaten. Genesis 3, it says this. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to man and said to him, where are you? Now, what I want to pay attention to is if you read in just one verse above, Genesis 3, 7 says this. So he's, they're giving us a clue that they sort of know something has happened. Something has transpired. So Genesis 3-7 says this. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. Now, if you're like me, all of a sudden, I noticed them, they, they. A lot of them, they, they. It's, it's, the language is, is, is sort of starting to change in a direction. Now, if you think about that, the eyes of both of them were open. Now, is the Bible saying they were blind? They had no eyesight. Then all of a sudden, their eyes are filled with, you know, then they could see. So we all know that that's not the truth. What's interesting is the very first thing that the Bible describes is what they saw. It says they saw their nakedness. There. There. That word's repeated again. They, there. See, self was awakened that day. See, they took their eyes off the Creator, and they put their eyes on each other, and on themselves. See, their focus had changed. And it wasn't until they heard what? The presence of the Lord walking towards them that they felt the need and the feeling, he can't see us. We've got to hide. 
So off they hide. See, it's like a child when you do something you're not supposed to do, and you're told, you know, in fact, don't do that, but yet you do it. I can remember as, as a kid, my dad was gone, you know, off to some long trip, and it was just us and my sisters at the house. We decided we would move the vehicles because I could drive a standard, right? <laughs> so he has a brand new Toyota truck, and I decide I'm going to, you know, move the truck so my sister can get the car. And of course, you know, we've been told, do not mess with anything outside. So we decide, hey, this will work. Why don't well, I can do this? So instead of me backing the truck out like a professional, I ram the mailbox, I gash the hood of the truck. And so when my mother gets home, you know, that day, she's, she's you know, we're telling her everything. Well, after me and my sister start fighting and she starts saying the word truck, truck. And my mother goes, what happened? <laughs> you can leave it up to a sister to, to, to rat on you. And so, you know, she's like, oh, no. And she goes, you wait till your father gets home. And I can remember, it was like three in the afternoon, and I heard the other car pull up, and I started running to my bedroom. All of a sudden, it was three in the afternoon, and I thought, I'm so sleepy. Mom, I just need some rest. You know, it's that. Like, when you hear authority walk into the room, and you know you've done something wrong, you're like, oh, my God, I've got to hide. So that's kind of what it was. Like, they, they knew what was up. And so... It's interesting that, you know, the story may, may kind of seem hilarious to us. Can you really hide from God? Can you hide from God? I mean, he created everything, but the truth is, how many times do we try and hide from him? You know, maybe we think, ah, oh, he was busy that day. He didn't notice my attitude. He didn't notice that little sin. He was, he was busy, like, answering someone else's prayer. Maybe he was in uh, Uganda that day or that moment. He, you know, he was distracted. So, so, you know, we were like, he probably didn't even notice my attitude when I snapped like that. So my question is, how do we hide? Oh, I don't know. Let me see. We rationalize it, make excuses. We avoid praying about it because, you know, why bring it up now? Past is past, right? We certainly don't talk about it to anyone. You know, we sort of block it from our minds. We, uh, we beat down that nagging feeling. You know, that one that says, maybe you should deal with this. But we're like, oh, no, 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 that can't be. That's got to be the devil. Get behind me. You know, we, we come up with all these ways that we, we try to avoid or just, you know, omit that portion of us. You know, did it really ever happen? See, in ourselves, we attempt to hide from God all the time. Nothing has actually changed. Adam and Eve did it then. We still do it today. We try to hide when we feel like we've done something wrong because guilt and shame has a way of consuming us because we were born with that, the sin nature, right? So when man first began to hide, that's what we innately do. When we feel like we're, we're maybe we didn't please God, uh, you know, we, we feel like, can, he, can I really be in his presence? See, we sort of tend to stay in the shadow. Somehow the issue positions itself higher than God. We've been hiding from God since the day sin entered into man. See, man was not created to hide from God, but sin causes self-preservation, which is in direct conflict to how we were created. See, we were created to dwell with him in his presence, to fellowship with him. But the two natures simply cannot exist together. So one feels like, I must, I must hide, I must run. The scripture says that, the, that Adam and Eve hid among the trees. Among the trees. Think about that. What could that be translated at for us? Among my work, among my family, among my friends, among attending church services, among listening to music, among reading the Bible. Say what? You can read the Bible and hide from God? Absolutely. Among watching TV, among praying. See, anything we find ourselves doing to avoid something we know that God wants to address, we simply try to hide. 
Yet even in it all, the fact that man chose his will over his will, the Father's will, he still called out to his creation. Even though creation had rejected the creator, he still called out asking them, where are you? Where are you? You were created for fellowship, intimacy, but rather I find you hiding. Where? In the shadows among the trees. Now all of a sudden man felt this need to hide. And I have to know that, you know, that God had a plan. He, he knew that he was going to send Jesus, but yet don't you think when man chose his will over God's will, there was something like, man. And we can actually, you know, cause God to, to be like, man, you know, I had something better for you. And I think that's what God is saying today. He has something better for us out of the shadows of us being the shell of who he created us to be. The cost goes out today. Where are you? And here's the part I want to focus on, because I think there's a part of that story we sort of miss, and I, I really want to, to sort of bring that out today. See, Adam and Eve hid themselves from God. God called out to them, and their sin caused them to run and hide. But see, even in that, God initiated the part to them. He called out to them. He said, where are you? So God simply called out. It's our job to respond to what God has initiated. See, even in the fact that man sinned, sin had never been on the earth. They sinned, but God is the one who said, where are you? See, he reached out first. And that's what God did. Here's my thing. It's great to hear his voice. They heard his voice. They responded to him. Even better that, you know, they answered back. There was a response. But what I want us to pay attention to is the fact that there had to be a next step. See, they had to walk out to him from behind the shadows of the trees. See, there must be a response or an action. To have a choice today, and really every day, will we come out of the shadow or will we stay hidden? John 8, 12 says this. John 8, 12. Then Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, when one thinks about walking, there's a progression. If you say, I have to walk to this place, you actually have to move, right? Well, see, I think what we've sort of, uh, you know, sometimes in our life, we think that we're, because we're facing forward, we actually think we're walking. See, walking, there's movement, there's progression. But sometimes you could be looking at where you're going, but actually you're walking backwards, right? There's, there, the opposite of that is regression. And so I think there's a lot of times we get caught up in what's going on in our lives, and, and these, these shadows come and they begin to overwhelm us. They begin to cast shadows in different areas of our life, the way we think, the way we behave, the, the way we respond. And so God is encouraging us to this when he says, he who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, there's, there's a catch to that. He who follows me. We must actively and progressively walk in his light. See, the very nature of light is to reveal. When you walk into a room and you switch on the light, it reveals everything that was once indistinguishable now becomes clear. That's what God is wanting to do in our lives at another level. He wants to bring us out of the shadow. See, a shadow is any area where light from a source is obstructed by an object, right? Now, we know that depending on where the sun is will determine how big this shadow is. So take, for instance, you're standing downtown. You're in front of a building. The sun is on the other side of it. 
and the sun comes up and starts moving, the shadow is going to block everything. You will no longer be able to see the sun depending on where the sun is. So my question is, where is the sun in your life? What's blocking the sun from your view? Is there something in the way that's casting a shadow in your life? See, those buildings can almost drown the sun out. You might be able to get glimpses of the sun, but the truth is, if you remain standing there, the, the shadow can overtake you. If the object, meaning sin, habits, thoughts, beliefs, is at a higher place than the sun, that object will block the sun. And you have a large shadow where the object appears, the object appears to be larger than the sun. Do you get what I'm saying? But if we elevate the sun where the object is no longer obstructing, but the sun is in full view, the object is no longer in the way and we see clearly. That is what God is wanting to do in our lives. As we elevate him, he is elevated. All of a sudden, the object that was once blocking and casting a shadow is no longer casting a shadow. And we see clearly. See, we'll never come into the fullness of God if we are content to remain in the shadow. So how does this apply to us? Well, if you've read the pages of Scripture, but you have not seen the manifest in your life, in the fullness, I would say, I just, I just want to step out there and just say, possibly, could it be maybe, maybe, just a suggestion, not calling anybody out, could it be that we have some shadows in our life? Shadows in our minds, our thoughts, our habits, our theology, our beliefs, our doctrines, and just maybe, just maybe, we might need a little more light to shine so that the shadows can be removed. Am I the only one? I can't be. I want to live life to the full. God is wanting to move us out of a place of shadows into a place of perfect healing. And if we say yes, Lord, he will do it. That's all he's wanting to do. See, what we tend to do is we hold on to the things that have hurt us really or the, the, the mindsets that has gotten us you know, to a place of uh, where we no longer trust God and the, or the mindset of where we no longer can believe for what he wants to do in our life. Or, you know, is that word really true? See, those are shadows. Do you hear me? Where the enemy rises up against you and what God has said in your life, let's take the building for instance. If there's a thought in us that says, you'll never get the building, that's a shadow. If God has said, like Cammie, you're going to get married, and she goes, no, uh-uh. See, for a while she fought with that. It was like she had an order, but see, she lived in the shadow of what really was to be. And that's how we are. We live in the shadow of really what God has for us because we don't take the time to fully follow him and allow his light to shine. He wants to take us from a place of hiding in the shadows to out in his marvelous light. Amen? And so there's shadows in our life. There's a copy. It's not the original because God has life to the full for us. But we tend to take the leftover. Ephesians 5.8 says this. For you once were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk. There's that word again. As children of light. So we must walk as children of light. The light does come in our lives. We get saved and the light immerses us. But yet there's a choice in us for us that we must walk as children of light. It goes on to say, for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness, righteousness and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship. That's a hard word with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. What's a light switch do? Exposes the darkness and the light comes on and exposes everything in the room. For it is shameful to even speak of those things which are done by them in secret. 
but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from dead, and Christ will give you light. See, a shadow obstructs. Where there's a shadow, light is blocked. A shadow skews our perception. A shadow is a mere copy of the original. If you're standing in front of the building, the building casts a shadow. The shadow is a mere copy of the building, and it'll always be that. See, we must embrace his light fully and ask the question, am I following his light and allowing his light to fully encompass me, or am I walking in the shadows? Am I allowing shadows to skew my perceptions. James 1.17 says this, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Another translation says it like this, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. We must stand in his light. See, the enemy likes to hide in darkness. He likes to hide in the shadows. Psalms 27 says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. I'm reminded of, the, the, of a story in the book of Joshua, chapter 10, where he is fighting and the Lord has said, I will give you victory. And he's, he's been fighting all day long and, and the battle is, is really, he's winning, but all of a sudden he realizes that it's going to become dark soon. So what does he do? He knows that God has given him. He said, your victory is yours. What does Joshua do? Anybody know? He speaks to the sun. Sun, stand still over me. So what is God's call in our life? We need to say, sun, stand still over me. The son of God, stand still over me. Because Joshua understood that in darkness, the enemy could regroup and he could counter back. But he knew that if he would stay in the light of the sun, they would be exposed. And that's what our prayer needs to be. Sun, stand still over me. That everything that wants to hide in darkness will be exposed by his light. That's what we need for our lives. It's the only way we're going to see true revival and, and experience in our own lives is if the shadows are dispelled by his light. We must walk in his perfect light at all times. O sun, stand still over me. We should not walk in shadows or in darkness, but in his perfect light. As I was sort of, you know, thinking of this shadow theme and how many of us, you know, I think we operate out of a, a more out of a place of shadows than what we'd actually like to admit, because there's a lot of things we get caught up on. And so I was coming across this set of scripture that's you know, very familiar, but it made me sort of think about shadows. And it's Acts 5.15. And it says this, to such an extent that they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on cots and pallets. So when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on them. Here's the problem with shadows. Shadows make you dependent on someone else. See, they couldn't see Christ for themselves. They had to wait for someone else to bring God to them. And yes, there are times in our lives when we must rely on the strength of others, but if you are dependent on your breakthrough from someone else at all times, I would say you need to rise up and get out of the shadow. The shadows symbolizes the low place. The lame needed the shadow. There was the go-between. They could only see the light if someone else stood in it for them. See? And they had to bring it to them. See, we are not to stay in the place of the lame. 
in the place of the beggar, if you will. We should never be dependent upon your breakthrough by the shadow of another man. But we should stay in the sun. It is our job to bring the sun, the kingdom of heaven to earth. Amen? Even these that were sick, you got to think about this. Once they were healed, there was a next step. They could no longer stand the shadow. They had to get up. They had to walk out of their healed and never be the same. You could not go back to a place of laying in the shadows. And I think sometimes we do that. We get caught up in, in you know, this happened or that happened, and we, we haven't really dealt with it. We've sort of skirted the issue, and so we, we, we sort of stay in a place of shadows, and then maybe we get a little bit of victory, but then all of a sudden, you know, the, the enemy will attack us in the area again, and we're back to laying in the shadows. And we're thinking, if God would only do this, if he would only do this, maybe that person will pray for me. Maybe that person will give me a prophetic word. Well, maybe you should just get in the sun yourself and believe it for you. Amen? We should never be dependent on the shadow of another man. But they had to get up and come out behind the shadow. Yeah, I think most of us, I'm not trying to, to down you, because I'm talking about myself. Most of us operate out of the shadows. Now, if you want to operate out of the shadows, you could probably get a lot done. But imagine how much more we could do for the kingdom. Not that it's a works game, not that it's that mentality, but how much more could we do and reach for God if we lived our lives fully exposed to the sun? where there's no shadow, because a shadow only brings a copy, an image of something that was never meant to. We need the reality of God. We need to commit ourselves to fully follow the Lord. We operate from a place of total light, but most of us, unfortunately, are content with a form of godliness. The New Testament tells a story of a husband and wife who sold their possessions and it was a time in the early days, the beginning of the church was, you know, sort of exploding at the seams. And, you know, all these people started to sell their goods. So you had all these people bringing the profits from all that they have sold to the disciples. And so you have this couple, this husband and wife, who saw this excitement going on. They wanted to be a part of it. They thought, oh, let's go ahead and sell our possessions. And so they sold their possessions just like everyone else, showed up just like everyone else, gave their portion just like everyone else. But here's the deal. So they sell everything they have, but agree together to withhold a portion back and not disclose the true amounts of funds. When you look at that word agree, see, there's a problem. You can agree because the Bible says there is power in agreement. But how many know sometimes we agree with the wrong things? I mean, I'm not picking on husbands and wives because she just sort of illustrates it here. But if one is in the wrong place and the other spouse agrees with them, guess what? There's power in that. And it could be not good. We give power to whatever we agree to. So these two agree together to withhold a portion and not disclose the true amount. See, while others are selling all that they have, they too sell it. The only difference is they intend to withhold. See, they wanted to appear to everyone else that they were giving all, but the truth was revealed by the intention of their heart. See, I want to look like everyone else, talk like everyone else, appear that I'm holy, like I'm really doing my all. But the difference is they never intended to give the full price. Think about that. Do we intend to give the full price? God gave all. But do we, in our heart of hearts, do we try to withhold what we've already said we're going to give him? If we say, God, I give you my whole heart, but yet there's something in us, that holds on to a portion of it, are we truly intending to give him everything? 
It's a question we have to ask ourselves. I'm not trying to beat you over the head. I'm not trying to, you know, condemn anybody, but you've got to be real. Like these two wanted to be a part of the action. Yeah, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to pray. I'm going to attend every Bible study, every, every worship seminar. But the truth is, I'm not giving all of my heart. I just want for it to look like it. See, that is a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And that's not how I want to live. I don't want to deny the power of God in my life. What, what use is that? See, 2 Timothy 3, 5 says this, having a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. See, this husband and wife had a form of godliness, but remained in the shadow. See, the same light was available to them, but they chose to stay hidden in the shadow. That was the choice they made. I don't want a form of God. I want God. I want all that Jesus has for me. See, when we deny his power, we have a form of godliness, and therefore we have shadows of truth. We don't live in the, the fullness of him if we have shadows in our life. The Old Testament is full of types and shadows. The festivals, the laws, the commandments, everything was a shadow of what was to come, the original. It was all pointing to Jesus. And when Jesus came, there was no need for any more shadows. He was the typification of it, if that's the right word. He was everything that it pointed to. And so is it possible for us to end up like the Hebrew in Hebrews 8.5, Serving in a system of worship that is only a copy, a shadow of the real one. When we actually have the authentic part, do we find ourselves in a copy of it? Shame and, and guilt sort of dominated my life for many, many years. Before I even got here, I can remember things got so hopeless. And things, I just, I wanted to give up because I really didn't think that God loved me. How could he? Why, why would he? I mean, I'm just, I'm being honest. I, I reached a point where I thought, you, you, there's no way you can love me. I'm too dirty. I, I've sinned. Why would you? The longer and, and the more I thought about it, I gave that shadow power. And see, the shadow can begin to consume our lives. And, and the more you focus on what's not right, and the more you focus on what's not truth, it will grow larger and larger and larger. And at some point, it actually can consume all that you are. So I found myself in this place of hopelessness that the shadow had, had overtaken me. Wherever a lie stands in the way of truth, you are cast in its shadow. Right. Hear it again. Whenever a lie stands in the way of truth, you are cast in its shadow. Right. See, the lie had overtaken me so much and deceit ruled in my heart that just by rejecting the truth, you're inviting the shadow. And the longer you ignore it, the larger the shadow grows. I was so focused on what I'd done wrong, the shame grew stronger and stronger and stronger. It truly become like a stronghold. Whenever we live in shadows, truth has a harder way of breaking through. If we stay living in the shadow long enough in the beginning, we may still see clear in, in other areas. But if we're not careful, the shadow could consume us. You know, just like a shadow, if, if, it's, if you're outside and the you know, sun's at a certain position, you know, maybe the shadow starts at your feet. But if you don't move, the shadow just keeps going up and up and up and up and up. Does anybody identify with what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It's just the thing that God is, is wanting to tell us. You know, we live in such a place of um, routine life that things feel very natural to us. Even though God is wanting to, to bring us to a next level, he is, I, I think of the word that uh, Tammy Bayless, all you know, guys know, that God is working a firm foundation in us. 
You have to have a firm foundation in order to, to build the, the building that's going to go higher. I mean, you know, I'll know Easy has said this for years. The deeper the foundation, the higher the building can go. How high of a building do you, do you, do you want to go in your own life? I'm just tired of shadows right. I, in my own life. I, you know, I want full victory. There's days when you have a glimpse of, you know, what God really wants to do. And there's days when you're, you're battling, you know, the thought or whatever. But see, those, anything that we're battling as far as thoughts and behaviors and attitudes and, and, and whatever, those are simply shadows and he's wanting to bring his light. I don't want shadows in my life. I don't want to serve a copy of something. Look, I don't have time to serve a copy of something. Maybe, you know, maybe for, for a time in my own life, you know, you, you get in habits and, and, and you start doing things just because it's, it's, it's second nature. You begin to worship, but I no longer desire to worship out of a place of copying or shadows. I, I just want to experience him. And I think that's what God wants us, for all of us to experience the light of his life. Like that shines deep in us so that there are no shadows. See, everything will become blocked if we have shadows, everything becomes blocked and everything that we begin to make choices will be based on what we're not seeing correctly. See, everything in our life, if we stay in the shadow, every decision we make is based on the shadow and not on the authentic because the shadow skews what we see. We don't see it correctly. And then we start to, to make decisions based off of it. Maybe I should go here. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should do this. And God is saying, no, no, no. You aren't seeing correctly because there's shadows in your life. There's shadows in your beliefs. There's shadows in your thoughts. There's shadows in your behaviors. There's shadows of sin in your life. And I want to clean those out. See, Jesus didn't give his life that we would stay hidden. Dude, that hits me. He gave his life for the shadows to be dispelled. But yet we choose to stay in the shadows. Why? Why? Scripture says it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. The father's intention of sending his son was to set you free forever, not return to the place of shadows. That's what the Jews got warned of. After Christ, Jesus had come and he gave his life and he goes, wait, wait, wait. Why are you returning to traditions and customs that man came up with when Christ has set you free? And I ask you today, if Christ has set you free, why would we choose to go back to his shadow of living? Christ gave his life that we would not stay hidden among the shadow. So I tell you today, come out of the shadow. The shadow of who you think you are. The shadow of who the devil tells you are. Come out of the shadow. Jesus died so that the shadow, the copy, could be done away with. Luke 23, 5 says this, Because the sun was obscured, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. Another tr translation says it like this, and I think it's wonderful. The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly the thick veil hanging in the temple split apart. See, what had once been obscured to man, Christ himself made the way and restored what was broken. See, now no separation between God and man. Man could come boldly before the throne of grace because the perfect offering that was acceptable to the Father and now sin no longer reigns. The light had come to dispel the darkness. During the lifetime of Jesus, we know that the temple served as a center place of worship and religious activity. They followed the customs of the law of Moses faithfully. 
But Hebrews tells us that in the temple, the veil separated the Holy of Holies, the earthly dwelling place of God's presence, from the rest of the temple where man dwelt. There was separation there. And that signified that man was separated from God by sin. Up until this point, only the high priest was permitted to go behind the veil. And as we know, the veil was torn from top to bottom, signifying that God was saying, I have made the way. See, man attempts to make the way. It's just like Adam and Eve. They took the fig leaves and they covered themselves. And God says, no, no, no. Let me cover you. He made the way again. What was broken when Adam sinned upon generations and generations of types and shadows, Jesus came. The light, the truth, everything was revealed in him. When he came, he revealed everything. Every shadow was done away with. And now people could come out from walking among the shadow. Exodus thirty-three twenty says this. It's speaking of Moses. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man can see me and live. Then the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me. Wow. It's incredible. Wow. Moses is saying, Let me see your glory. Right. And his answer is, There's a place by me. God is relational. God, everything that you need is by him. It's not distant. It's not far off. He says, There is a place yes. by me. Yes. And that's where we need to be, by him. Behold, there's a place by me, and you shall stand there on the rock, and it will come about while my glory is passing by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand. That word cover is overshadow. The only shadow we should be in is in the shadow of the Most High. That is the safe place. That is the place we need to be. I will put you in the cleft of the rock. Tell me the place we need to be in is in the shadow of Jesus. He's the only shadow we should live in. And I will overshadow you with my hand until I have passed by. Show me your glory. The glory was near him. It wasn't far away. He didn't have to tell him to go around the block. He didn't tell him he had to do all this stuff for him. He said, there is a place. Guess what? I have an answer for you. There's a place. Guess where it's at? It's by me. And that's what we need to get a hold of. That we need to come out of the shadows and get to the place by him. Show me your glory. He's a relational God. And you shall stand there on the rock. And it will come about that I will put you in the cleft of the rock. Is this sounding familiar? I will put you in the cleft of rock, of the rock. His glory revealed to you and I is his son, Jesus. He is the rock that we are to hide in. We are hidden in the rock and he covers us by his shadow. Jesus is the glory of God. There is a place, a position that is hiding in the cleft, and we must remain hidden in the sun, in the shadow of the Most High. His glory cannot be seen outside of Jesus. If you're not in Jesus, there is no glory. Jesus is the glory of God. So I want to end with these two scriptures. Genesis 1, 1 through 3 says this. It's very simple. It should be life-changing. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. 
And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. That's what he says over us. Let there be light. And what he created the earth, there was light. But sometimes we fight that. Because he wants to bring light to us. But sometimes we're content with living in the shadow. A form of godliness. You know, as long as I go to church every week, you know, as long as I, uh, you know, if I, if I tithe regularly, I don't really have to commit myself to God and I don't have to give him my heart. I can just pretend that I want to do this. But God said, let there be light. And there was light. First Peter 2, 9 says this, who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are to come out of the shadow and let there be light. Amen? Amen? Let's just pray for a moment. Father, we thank you, Lord, that every place of shadow in our life, God, that you would bring your marvelous light. Lord, we choose today to walk in your light, God. Father, we ask that every darkness in us, every shadow, that you would dispel, God. Father, I thank you that you are building a sure foundation in us, God. And we cry out, Lord, have your way, God. Father, we choose to walk in your light, God. We say today, God, we want to have nothing no longer to do with shadows or darkness, God. Any place in our life, God, where there's where we're, we believe a lie or we believe we're, we're deceived ourselves, God, we ask, Lord, that you would shine your light so bright, God. You would expose all darkness in us, God. Father, we pray that we would come out of the shadow, God. Lord, you have called us into your perfect light. We don't want to walk in darkness, God. When you have set us free, God, we don't want to go back, God. When you're crying out, I have set you free, Lord, we choose freedom today. We choose to walk, Lord, in your marvelous light, God. So I thank you, Lord, that even especially in my life, God, thank you for what you have done, God. But now we say again, Lord, shine your light so that we walk in the, in, in, in the light of your Son. We pray today, Lord, O Son, stand still over me. We pray that today, God, that you would stand still over us, God. Stand still over the epicenter, God. Stand still over every person under the sound of my voice, God. That your light would shine so bright that nothing would obscure, nothing would, 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 would obstruct our view of you, God. So we thank you that every shadow be broken. We thank you, Lord, that your light will shine perfect and bright, God. Oh, Son... Son of God, Jesus, shine in my life and stand still over me, Lord. Yes. We bless you, God. We love you, Lord. And God, we want to be free, God. We want to be a people who are free because you have set us free, God. So let us live as free people, God. Out of the shadows, no longer hiding among the trees, no longer hiding among excuses and thoughts and behaviors and, and attitudes and, and anything that gets us weighed down, God. But we want to walk out because you say, where are you? And we say, here I am, Lord. Yes. So we walk out from behind the trees that block you. We want nothing blocking our view of you, God. So we thank you for freedom, freedom in our lives, God. We bless you. We love you. And we thank you for your marvelous light. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.